Well, today we're kicking off a brand new series called The Comeback. It's never too late. And I've titled today's message, The Greatest Comeback of All Time. And I think all of us in life at some point need a comeback. Probably multiple comebacks. I know in my own life, I have needed a, a comeback. I've needed several comebacks in my own life. I grew up in a little small town here in the state of Oklahoma called Wewoka. How many of you have ever been to Wewoka? Raise your hand, all of our locations. Some of you are missing out. You are missing out. Get to Ewoka. It's over by Wilika, Watumka, Holdenville, Sasakwa, and New Lima. I'm telling you, you're missing out. We used to have four gas stations. Now we're down to probably one or two. But come on, somebody. You used to have a pizza hut, and they took it away. Come on, y'all. Pray for Ewoka. Whole nother message. But I grew up there in Ewoka, town of three or 4,000 people. And I grew up, like, like a lot of people, in dysfunction, uh, traumatic painful hurts at the age of 13 I was sexually abused by a lady never told my parents lasted for several months and the shame the pain the hurt the confusion I spiraled into addiction and it was a couple of years later my my mom and my brother and sister, my, my mom was going to leave my dad and they were going to separate and eventually got a divorce and I'll never forget packing down my mom's car and watching my brother and my sister and my mom get in and drive to Rochester, New York where my mom moved to be with her sister. And I was left there and I was the one that told my dad that news that mom and my brother and sister had left, and I stayed because I wanted to get a football scholarship. And so I stayed back in Wewoka, and it was the fall. Christmas was right around the corner, and I will never forget the first Christmas morning waking up without my mama, my brother, and my sister. I woke up, and tears were streaming down my face as I held my pillow, laying on my stomach, crying, wondering if life was worth living. And I'm telling you, in that moment in my life, I needed a comeback. And some of you are there today. You need a comeback. Maybe it's a relationship. You're always arguing, fussing, and fighting. And the relationship is on life support. And you need a comeback in that relationship. Maybe it's in your job and, and recently you were let go. You got fired from your job. You're, you're wondering the career path you should take. And in your career, you need a comeback. Maybe it's you're in junior high or high school or college and you're struggling with your grades. You, you bombed the ACT. You're failing a class and you need a comeback when it comes to your education. Maybe you relapsed into an addiction or back into a bad habit and it is tearing your life apart and you sit here today and you need a comeback maybe you are fighting depression because a loved one just died or because you got a bad health report or you received some bad news 
that just traumatized you and now you have no joy you feel like you have no purpose you are fighting depression and you need a comeback maybe you made the worst decision of your life you have failed big time or maybe you've turned your back on God and you sit here today and you need a comeback and I've got good news for you today you're in the right place because Easter is all about a comeback. Jesus Christ is the greatest comeback story of all time. You see, friends, it looked like Jesus was defeated. It looked like it was over. You see, Jesus was condemned and accused of a crime that he never committed. And not only was he accused, but they took Jesus and they mocked him. They beat him. They put a crown of thorns and pressed it onto his head. They put a spear in his side. They plucked out his beard. They were spitting on him. They, they, they brutally crucified Jesus on a cross. He hung there and hung and bled and died. They then took his body that was dead and no life in it and they put him in a borrowed tomb and it looked like Jesus was over. It is finished and friends the first day can I tell you the devil is throwing a party and, and the second day it looks like it's over and the devil is high-fiving the demons. We have defeated the son of God but early on Sunday morning Jesus got up with all power in his hands and he did defeat death hell and the grave and he's alive today Jesus made a comeback the greatest comeback of all time and friends here's what I want to teach you today and for the next five weeks of this series here's the theme Jesus made a comeback so you can make a comeback Jesus made a comeback so that you can make a comeback and over the next five weeks, I want this to sink deeper into your heart. That because Jesus make it, made a comeback, you can make a comeback. No matter what you're facing in life, the adversity, the trial, the trauma, the pain, the circumstances, I want you to know that a comeback is available for you no matter what you're facing in life. And we're going to look at that the next week. And I believe you're going to get strength and help in your life. Next Sunday, we're having Daryl Strawberry at People's Church to share his comeback story. If you're not familiar with Daryl, the information is in your brochure. Daryl won several World Series championships with, with Major League Baseball, professional athlete, made millions of dollars, played for the Mets, played for the Yankees, and yet he got caught up in cocaine. He, he went to prison. He, he lost his family, and yet Daryl has made a comeback of all comebacks, and God is using him in a powerful way. He will be here next week to share his comeback story. And then, and then on April the 15th, we're going to look at this. I'm going to be talking to you about how do you come back from a mistake? How do, you, how do you come back from a mistake and not let it paralyze you? We're going to look at that together. And then on April 22nd, we're going to talk about how do you come back when your dreams have been shattered? Yeah, you had a dream and it's now shattered. How do you make a comeback when your dreams are shattered? Then on April 29th, we're going to look at how do you come back from failure? Sometimes you just feel like a failure. You have a failure. How do you come back from failure? And then I'm going to wrap up the series on May the 6th. And I'm going to talk to you about how do you survive and thrive when a comeback is not possible. When, when you look and you say, there is no comeback that's ever going to happen out of this situation, how do you still survive it and how do you thrive through it? And we're going to look at this. Let me ask you this. Maybe you don't go to church regularly. 
would you give me the next five weeks? Would you just make that kind of commitment? Say, I don't really do church often. I don't really come. My first time in a long time. Would you give me the next, just the next five weeks? I really believe that God wants to help you make a comeback. And today, I want, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about three critical areas of your life where you can make a comeback because Jesus made a comeback. And the first critical area is in the area of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can come back from sin, shame, guilt, condemnation. You can be forgiven of all of your sins, of all of your failures, of all of your mistakes. Because Jesus died on that cross and he rose again today, you can instantaneously go from unforgiven to forgiven. Here's what I want to do the next few moments. I want to study Colossians chapter 2. And Colossians chapter 3 with you. Colossians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 3 as we look at three critical areas of making a comeback in our life. Forgiveness. Notice this in Colossians chapter 2 beginning in verse 13. It says you. That, that means all of us. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all. That's a, that's a key word. All. At, at all of our locations, would everybody shout the word all? That's key. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. And friends, we can be forgiven no matter what we've done. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, he forgives us of all of our sins. I, I, I like how Colossians says it. It says he cancels the record. You see, friends, God keeps records. A lot of people don't know this about God. Because God is just, because God is fair, he keeps a record of our sins. In other words, nobody's going to stand before God with an excuse. He, he has a record. And friends, we all have had a record because we have all sinned. We, we've all blown it. We've all failed. None of us are perfect. And if you think you're perfect, that's your failure right there. That's right there. Just, we, we, none of us are perfect. And the best way I can describe the record is it's like a bill. Our sin is like an unpaid bill that we can't pay. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 describes it as the, like this. The wages of sin is death. There's a wage on every sin, and the price just keeps adding up. How many of you have ever had a bill that you couldn't pay? Just lift your hand. Come on. Some of you are lying in church. That's okay. It's, it's all right. It's, it's Easter. The Lord loves you. You ever had a bill you couldn't pay? You know, you, you had a bill, and this is the worst when you get a bill like this, because that means they sent several of them to you, and now it's the final notice, and and you got a bill, and it's your, we got the electric bill, y'all. Boy, you get the electric bill, your lights. Come on, somebody. It's added up on you. 277. Somebody, turn the lights off, kids. It costs money to have these lights on. Some of you, it's your car. You had a car payment you couldn't make, and it was $450, and some of you driving a real nice car. It was $800, and you can't, 
You can't, uh-huh, you look good, but you can't make that payment. Come on, somebody. Yeah, uh-huh. Yes, and maybe, maybe it's your rent or your home. You got a payment, and it's $1,000, and you can't, you can't make it. You have a bill that you can't, you can't pay. Now, now, how many of you, you know, back in the day before technology, you know, was really ramped up and working like it is now. How many of you back in the day used to write hot checks and then, you know, because you knew you was going to get paid two days later, and so you'd write the check and pay the bill, and then when you got paid, you go deposit it in the bank, and the check made it to the bank before, but, I mean, come on, your money made it before the check cleared. Come on, who did that before? Come on, somebody. Where are you? Where are you? Yeah, yeah, we've, we've done that before. Don't try that now. Technology is way too fast. That check is hot. You have a bill you can't, you can't pay, and, and that's what our sin bill is like. It's a bill we can't pay. Maybe it's pride, and you can't, you can't pay it, or it's, it's lying, and it's a bill you, 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 can't, you can't pay. Maybe it's, it's greed. It, it's a bill you can't pay. Maybe it's, it's sex outside of marriage, and, and, and you find yourself in sin, and it's a bill you cannot pay. Maybe it's addiction, and you find yourself in an addiction, and it's a bill you cannot pay. And the interesting thing about, about a sin bill is it just keeps adding up. And some of you today, you're, you're here, and you got a you got, you got a $10 bill of sin, and, and you can't pay it. And, and for some of you, it's a, it's a $100 bill. And, and some of you, man, your, your bill has been adding up, and it's a $1,000 bill. And for some of you, it's, it's, it's $10,000. And, and for some of you, it's a, it's a $100,000, and your sin bill is just adding up. For some of you, it's a million. So you say, Pastor, you had not got to me yet. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's, I'm trying to get to you. I know you like, I've been doing it, Pastor, and I don't even know what this number is. Is, but it's you, it's you, it's you, it's, it's your bill, it's your bill. I'm telling you, it's your bill. It's been adding up, and it's a sin bill you can't pay. In Houston, Texas, in 2014, a man named Kenny Thompson, he was a mentor and a tutor at Valley Oaks Elementary School. And there were some children there and some parents that could not pay the lunch bill of 40 cents a day and the children were going to eat and the lunch bill just kept adding up and adding up and adding up and adding up and finally they, they told the kids, you cannot eat from the hot tray line anymore. And so what they were doing with those kids that had an outstanding bill, an unpaid lunch bill, they, they would get in the lunch line and they would hand them a cold cheese sandwich or a peanut butter jelly sandwich. They could not go to the hot tray line. And, and some of those kids got so ashamed of the unpaid bill and their friends making fun of them, they quit getting in the line at all and just would miss lunch. And Kenny Thompson heard about this. He was bothered by it, and so Kenny Thompson went one day to the school, and he wrote a check out for $465, and he paid the bill in full for 60 children. And can I tell you, when that bill got paid in full, come on, can you imagine those children the next day? They got in that hot line, no shame, because one man took care of their bill that they could not pay. Do you know what the last words of Jesus were when he hung on the cross? His, his last words in John 19 and verse 30 was, it is 
finished. That, that was his last words. And, and the Greek word there is tetelestai, tetelestai. And that word literally means this, paid in full. When Jesus said it is finished, he was simply saying tetelestai, paid in full. Whenever you give your life to Jesus Christ, you have a sin debt that you cannot pay. But as soon as you give your life to Jesus, your sin bill is paid in not in half, paid in the blood of Jesus Christ covers all of your sin. I don't care if it's pride or lying or greed or sex or addiction. I don't care if you got a trillion billion dollar bill. It is paid in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. And some of you came in today with an unpaid sin bill. But you can leave today forgiven. That's what the Easter story is all about. Jesus made a comeback so that you can make a comeback. Number two is this. Not only can you come back from forgiveness and experience forgiveness, but I want to talk to you for a few moments about future. A, third, a second critical area is your future. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we can come back from hopelessness. We have a future in Christ. You see, friends, when Jesus died on the cross, the devil thought he robbed Jesus of his future. He thought Jesus has no hope. He has no future. I've defeated him. But on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead and he made a comeback. Understand this. Jesus is not dead. So your future is not dead. You have a future in Christ. First, I want you to understand you have a future in heaven. In Christ, you have a future in heaven. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4 says, And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed. When, when Christ comes back, he is coming back, and there will be a judgment day. When he is revealed to the whole world, it says, You will share in all his glory. Everyone who trusts Jesus as their Savior will share in all his glory one day in heaven. You see, because Jesus made a comeback, you can experience everlasting life, eternal life, life forever in heaven with God. You see, the Bible teaches this. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, not only is your sin debt paid in full, but also your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. It's, it's awesome. You see, God is keeping a record. Every time somebody says yes to Jesus, your name goes in the Lamb's book of life. All your sins are forgiven. And literally, you have now made your reservation into heaven. God is saving you a place in heaven. Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago because he wants heaven to be your future home. Understand, not only does Jesus provide a future in heaven, but it doesn't stop there. You also have a future on earth. You have a future on earth. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3 says, For you died to this life, and your real life, that's, that's really key. Would everybody say this with me? Would everybody just say real life? Yeah, your real life is hidden with Christ and God. And so many people are not experiencing real life. Some of you today, are not experiencing real, real life. Jesus called it abundant life. It says this in Colossians 2 and verse 12, for you were buried, buried with Christ when you were baptized. 
and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God we, who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because you, of your, your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive. You were dead, now you're alive. You have this new life with Christ for he forgave all our sins. You see, friends, in Christ, not only do we have a future in heaven, but we have a future right here in this life on earth. I want you to understand that a new life, real life, is available to you today. This new life, this real life, it only comes from Jesus Christ. Real life is knowing Jesus and living for him and his purposes. That's real life. The most satisfying thing is knowing Jesus. It's satisfying to the soul. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because if you'll taste and see I'm telling you, it's the most satisfying thing I've tasted for myself. Jesus is satisfying. It's the most satisfying, the soul, satisfying soul just in the depths of my soul. It's just satisfying. Nothing else can take the place of Jesus. I'm telling you, you can chase money, but it'll never give you real life. You can chase power, but you'll never find real life. You can chase sex and popularity and a bigger house and a nicer car and a nicer vacation, but you will never find real life in those things. It only comes from Jesus Christ. You see, real life, this new life, is found in knowing Jesus and living for his purpose. And some of you are thinking today, you mean God has a purpose for my life? Are you sure? Absolutely. When you give your life to Christ he has a purpose for you you're on this planet earth for a reason for a purpose and one of our passions at people's church is to help you discover your purpose our vision here is to help people know God grow in God discover your purpose and to make a difference and I want to help you discover your purpose matter of fact next Sunday we have four steps begins four-step process starts next Sunday called Growth Track. And these steps will help you discover your purpose. Some of you don't know why you're alive. You feel empty. You don't feel satisfied. You, you, you want to learn more about the church. You want to grow in God. You want to live out your purpose for on this earth. And we want to help you discover your gifts, your talents, how God's wired you. Would you get to the class called Growth Track starting next Sunday? Information is in your brochure, in your bulletin. We want to help you know God, live a life of purpose, have a satisfying life. You have a future not only in heaven, but right Right here on earth. Number three is this, a, a third critical area, and that's the area of freedom. Freedom. Because of Jesus' comeback, you can today go from being bound to being free. You don't have to live bound anymore by your circumstances, by your past, by your problems, by your addictions, by your bad habits, by, by your sin. You can be free today. Uh, some of you didn't never realize this, but, but change is available for you today. You really can change. You don't, you don't have to continue to live the same way. Change is possible. Jesus has the key to every lock that has you chained and bound today. The Bible says it like this in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 11. It says, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision. We understand 
physical cutting away of the flesh, but there's a spiritual circumcision that happens when you come to Christ, the cutting away of your sinful nature. You were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to, again, notice this, new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You see, in Christ, you can have a new life. You can be free. Jesus has the key to every lock that has you bound today. I don't care if the lock is pride that's holding you back. He has the key to set you free. Maybe it's pornography and lust. I want you to know that Jesus has the key to set you free. Maybe it's greed or a lying tongue. Jesus has the key to set you free. Maybe it's your past that has you all bound and full of guilt. Jesus has the key to set you free. You can be free today because Jesus made a comeback. You can make a comeback. And there are people in our church that Jesus has set free. He's changed their life. Many people and today I want you to hear a few stories of people in our church. These are not actors. These are real people who've experienced Jesus and he's taken the key and he has unlocked them and set them free. Check out these powerful stories. no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me Most of my life, my father has struggled with drug addiction. Each time he used, he promised me it would be his last, but it never was. The roller coaster ride left me deeply depressed and feeling hopeless. In the eighth grade, a friend invited me to Epic Students on Wednesday night, and I decided to go. It was the first step in my walk with God, but as I started to feel better, the chaos in my family sent me back down. At my lowest point, I didn't even want to get out of bed. My mom suggested that I go to summer camp, I went and I experienced God like never before and I met some of my closest friends. I got the courage to go public with my faith and I got baptized. Now when I start to get depressed, I think about the people that love me. God has given me a peace I've never had. I'm no longer hopeless. I'm free. As a child I felt alone, bullied and abused. I spent most of my life feeling like I wasn't good enough and nobody cared about me. My husband and I started attending People's Church, and as I listened to the messages every Sunday, purpose began to fill my heart. God called me to work with the girls in the student ministry. Lies of, you're not good enough, flooded my mind, but God responded louder, just see what I can do. I now lead a small group of girls and God has used my story countless times to minister to the students and leaders He placed in my life. I went through growth track and discovered gifts and purpose that I didn't even know I had. God showed me my pain has a purpose. I'm no longer afraid. I'm free. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. 
coming after me. I was born in Mexico. When I was seven, I was sexually abused by my uncle. My family moved to the U.S., and I hoped to escape that pain and shame. But when I was 16, that same uncle moved in with my family, and all of it came back. I was filled with bitterness and hate. By age 20, I had two beautiful baby girls, but I still struggled to deal with the pain. I tried to commit suicide, but God had different plans for me. As soon as I was released from the hospital, I took my girls to People's Church for the first time. The peace I felt as soon as I stepped into the church was unexplainable. Since then, I have been able to forgive my family. It has been almost three years, and I still can't wait to walk into church every Sunday. I'm no longer filled with hate. I'm free. My life was just one hit after another. I was physically and mentally abused by my dad, and I eventually became addicted to alcohol and prescription drugs. As an adult, I was afraid my past life was going to determine my future, and I'd end up just like my dad. Then one day, a friend invited me to People's Church. I found excuses not to go, but started watching online, and I eventually gave my life to Christ. I finally started going to church in person and realized I wasn't meant to live life alone. I've been completely sober now three years and serve in church every Wednesday and Sunday. I used to hate my life and wanted to die. Now I love life and live to bless other people. I'm no longer trapped by my past. I'm free. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. I lost my mom when I was nine and my earliest memory was of my grandpa dying in a hospital bed. I lost so many people that I felt like God didn't even like me. I was addicted to drugs and self-harm since I was 14. I tried to kick my habit, but I never could. And when I was 21, I ended up in prison. One day, another inmate invited me to go to church, and reluctantly I went. That Sunday, in Mabel Bassett, I cried the entire time. I heard Pastor Herbert speak and he said, God wants good things for you. For the first time in my life, God's love was real to me. In February, I was released from prison and I found my new home at People's Church. I'm now enrolled in Growth Track and I'm excited for the freedom I have found in Jesus. I'm no longer broken. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Soy libre. I'm free. Come on, church. Will you stand to your feet today? Let's celebrate the freedom that we have in Jesus. Come on. He would go the furthest. Come on. There's no shadow he won't light up. There's no wall that he wouldn't tear down for you. Come on. Let's declare this. Sing it out. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming out to me.
you can take your seats. You know, everything about those stories that you have to understand is that they didn't come after God. God came after them. No matter how broken, how bound, how confused, God came after them and he set them free. And that's my story. When I was broken, abused, confused, hurting, holding my pillow, tears streaming, coming, just coming down my face because my family was no longer together. Jesus came after me. And in a football locker room at Wewoka High School, I walked in one day, just like you walked in here today. I had no intentions of ever meeting Jesus that day. But that day in a football locker room, as somebody shared with me the good news of Jesus Christ, that he would forgive me of all of my sins and had a plan for my life. That day I came in hurting, bound, addicted, and confused. But Jesus came after me. And I surrendered my life to Jesus in that locker room. And I said yes to him. And I'm telling you, my life has never been the same. Not only did he forgive me of all of my sins, but I didn't even realize it, but God had a future for me. He had a plan for me. Today, I'm a pastor of a church. I, I pastor a church bigger than the city I grew up in. I, I cannot believe what God has done. And not only has he given me a future, but he has set me free from pain, from hurt, from addictions, from bondage. He set me free. And I believe today Jesus is coming after some people today because he loves you so deeply and he wants forgiveness, a future, and freedom for you.